AJ, to be a prospect and make it all the way to the NHL, it takes seriously massive, hairy balls. You gotta you gotta be able to swing those things a little bit. Put your throw your weight around, if you know what I'm saying. And when you're doing that out on the ice, you need to make sure inside that cup you are looking good. And that's why Manscaped has focused their resources on designing the best ball trimmer out there, the Lawnmower 3.0. It's an amazing trimmer, can confirm, have used it myself. Super easy, no nicks, none of that going on. You can just get in there, do what you need to do, make it look good, make it nice. Then you add on the rest of their package, including the prop. The Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing deodorant, and a spray-on ball toner and refresher as well. The Perfect Package also comes with a travel bag, disposable shaving mats, and a couple of other items, including boxers as well. So, they have you covered top to bottom when it comes to taking care of everything below the belt. Don't wait. Get your package today, and you can use code DNVR20 at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have over a thousand varieties of beer to try. I went just the other day, got myself some Breck Brew right here. Good to go. You can get pickup or delivery if you live nearby and great deals with their loyalty program when you download their app. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hafley. We are live on Twitch right now doing this podcast. First up, We'll hit the news of the weekend and, and honestly really more today than anything else as Avalanche East in the Columbus Blue Jackets have been uh, shaking things up a little bit. First of all, today's news, Mikhail Gregorenko, ex-Av, is returning to the NHL as Columbus did sign him to a one-year $1.2 million deal for next season. I think, AJ, you agree have always agreed with me on this, or, or maybe I agreed with you, however you want to put it, that Grigorenko was always an NHL caliber talent. Yeah. So it, not a big surprise to see him coming back. A bit of an interesting situation. Tortorello does not seem like a good fit for someone like Grigo. I mean, when you look at his greatest successes uh, in the NHL, um, Really, I guess, if you want to call it success, uh, the one year he had with Waugh in the NHL, um, which was Waugh's last year. Obviously, Waugh was his junior coach. A very loud and and aggressive kind of coach, one who grinds and demands a lot of you. I think I think he should be okay under torts. You think I, so? I think that a guy that... 
it'll either it'll either i mean this is true of every single move ever in in any sport but <laughs> it'll it'll either work or it won't and like if it works it should work at a high level because that means torts is sort of broken through he's gotten to him he's able to get at least the 70% of the good Grigorenko that we saw flash every so often here in Colorado and has kind of followed him around for many, many years. I mean, this was a guy very highly thought of during uh, as a prospect. Great size and great skill level. Always had questions about the motor. Engagement was always an issue. And it was an issue for Jared Bednar his final year here to the point where the abs were just like, we, this is not, we're trying to build a certain identity. We're trying to build a certain, a certain culture to be yeah. a certain culture. Yeah. And this is not, this guy's not it. it I wonder how Grigo would do into in, in Colorado now, but when they were building, it made a lot of sense for him to go back to, to the KHL and build that confidence back up. And you saw it. His first year there wasn't very good. Yeah. It was just okay. He he and struggled then, honestly uh, up and even really like up until the Olympics mm-hmm. is when he really started to turn it around. But yeah, and then he did, and and he found his game and he found his legs, got that confidence back, and he produced very solid, respectable back to back KHL seasons. And he's he's back in the league, and I think it's good for him, and it's. It's weird, and more than it being torts that's strange, it's Columbus that I think is is yeah. the odd part of where he ended up. Well, I mean, just to kind of to expand on your thought a little bit about it works and it doesn't, I don't think, I think with a player like Grigo and a coach like torts, if it doesn't work, it's catastrophically bad. There is no like, oh, he was disappointing. He was, yeah. I, he's either lives up to it and is solid or above, or it's just, it, this failed miserably and it didn't work at all. Yeah. So, a little bit of a case of extremes, maybe. Well, and I think, I think it's what the Avs were facing this year with Nutushkin. Yeah, for sure. Where you're either going to get the breakthrough and you're going to be like, we have a player that's going to be part of our squad moving forward now, or it's not going to work and you just move on. It was a one-year deal, it's low risk, and you, you, you're good. But again, I just think it's it's an odd fit for that organization, given how many young forwards they have already, how many guys, how many bodies they can throw at some of their injury issues. And some of these guys are some of these guys are legit. Uh, legit prospects, a guy like Alexander. Uh, I actually have no idea how to say his last name. Uh, but no, I can't say that name. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to say it. You're asking me to say a name. You know, you're in trouble. <laughs> no idea, but like, he's been he's been productive, uh, in and and is one of their top forward prospects. And it's like, what does this mean for him? What does this mean for a guy like Josh Anderson? You know, whose whose contract is up and 25 years old and has had contentious relationship with the organization in the past. You know, I just, it's interesting to me that Grigo would go back to Columbus when there are so many guys there that, that they're already, you know, 15 forwards deep. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny 
that you compared him to Nachushkin on that kind of breakout opportunity. It's the same story here, where Nachushkin joined an Avs team that, when he joined it, you and I were like, you know what, this Avs team is pretty deep. It seems like yeah. they don't really have the room to be taking these shots on guys anymore. It, it took a Colin Wilson injury to really give him the nightly opportunity. Yeah, so... It, they really are abs east, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Um, it With Grigo in particular, I guess the question is, how does he fit into that lineup? And, and where can they find a consistent role for a player like that, given how many forwards they're trying to work in? Yeah, I... I I always liked his potential as a bottom six guy, a guy that could give you good defensive minutes. And I always thought he was really smart defensively and read the play well. Both sides, did, always cerebral, yeah. Did not did not physically engage enough, and I think that will continue to be the one question that dogs him is will he will he engage more physically defensively? Because if he does, I think he has a chance to be a really good defender and a solid 3C because that skill level is going to jump off the ice. It always does, yeah. Yeah, I remember when we watched him at his very first Avalanche training camp, it was like, who is this guy? It's it's, like, doesn't Buffalo need dudes like this? It's part of why he's such a frustrating player to some, right? Because you can see the talent and it just doesn't come out often enough. Yeah, well, you see the size and talent combination, and you're like, my goodness. Yeah, but it, it the the engagement, the effort, the motor. Can he can he get the most? And there will be nights where he floats and disappears because you're just never gonna fully get out of that. Uh, you're never gonna fully get that out of that guy's system. But can he get to his his best seventy percent of the time? If you combined. Gregorenko and Tyson Jost, you'd have an all-star. Oh, man. <laughs> um, sticking with the news and not... Both have skating problems. Yeah, fair enough. Let's, but... let's, let's maybe... Uh, that's I, I guess that's the other underrated part of this, is that he was always slow. I mean, yeah. He, he had to be smart, <laughs> based yeah. on his play style. But the other news... Also pertaining to Columbus here is they did re-sign Jonas Corposalo, goaltender, two years at $2.8 million. Obviously, they're in a bit of a an interesting spot with having Elvis as another option for them. Um, it, the comparison here, again, to the Avs is you're looking at a goaltender that, you know, is he really a starter caliber? Maybe. But the Avs have Pavel Francouz for the same term for significantly cheaper and uh, based on NHL performance when you're looking at these two Corpusalo had a super solid year 9-11 through 37 games at 260 goals against mm-hmm. Francois basically smoked that yeah I think uh, the big thing here that we're talking about between these two guys has to be age and sure, Francos is significantly older, uh, but he, for a goaltender, he's not that old at 29, right? That, that's not quite, it doesn't feel like, oh, you hit 30 and you're on the downtrend like it does with skaters for goaltenders. So, uh-oh, did we lose AJ? Looks like AJ crashed out on us. 
Oh, you're back. We are expecting to see it. You uh, you lagged out there for a second. So say oh. what you said again. I said by thirty is not thirty. When you're a skater at thirty, you're talking. You're wondering about when will the drop off happen? Yeah, right. At uh, as a goaltender, you're not. You know, you're not looking the same way. We've seen lots and lots and lots of goaltenders be successful up through their mid thirties, even. Yeah. And, you know, and goalies are uh, being just such unpredictable creatures, uh, but they do get, they do continue to improve with age and can sustain solid careers for a while. So that Francois is the age that he is, is really just seems to be benefiting him in contract negotiations or benefiting the avalanche in contract negotiations because they keep getting him at a great price while comparable talents uh, are getting more than him. I mean, you look at what Miko Koskinen got off the back of 16 solid games in November. Yeah, well, I mean, when you get Edmonton involved, things get crazy. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, he had one solid run in the NHL and got $4 million. Yeah. Francois had been having a very solid year and they got him for two years at 2 million flat, which is 800,000 cheaper than Corpus Allo over in Columbus. Well, and it was the timing of the deal because they, they signed him to the extension and then Grubauer got hurt. And then that's yep. when he went on that crazy tear at the end of the season. And all of a sudden that contract looked ridiculous, basically. Right. Where you're like, you see the starter on day one next year. <laughs> And the answer to that I question still is still is no. no. Yeah. <laughs> but he certainly made it a lot more interesting. Uh, he, did. he made it, I think, he made it close enough to uh, a conversation that we'll, we're more likely to see a platoon than we would have had Grubauer stayed healthy and just continued on with his job. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that's fair. He's He's pushed himself into a lot closer to a 1B than at the start of the season. Definitely. And uh, good job by the Avs. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, things up, work out. Picked up this guy out of the KHL for cheap. Let him work it out in the AHL for a year. Came on up and okay. And if there's one position where you could say, hey, that's useful. Like, Grigorenko doesn't need a year in the AHL. Obviously, yeah. To adjust. You know, he can... Franco's... Playing in net, can come over, play a year in the AHL, jump in as the backup, and threaten Grubauer's job. I mean, and the abs are going to be, you know, the abs got him on a good price. And I like Corpusalo's potential, but even Corpusalo, you started to wonder, did he lose his job? Yeah. Because With the what, wonder that was Elvis happened. Went on the absurd run that he did. And. It's a very real question that Columbus may have just paid $2.8 million for a backup goaltender. Like is not yeah. off the table. And you know, given, given their, their financial situation, that's not a big deal. No, they're, they're just fine. <clears throat> the only real yeah. big contract they have coming up is Dubois, I think. Uh, yeah. And, and they will have to resign Elvis this summer, but like, well, again, sure. They should be paying $5 million for their goaltender tandem. Right. Tops. Not you know, Elvis, too bad. Elvis had a very comparable year to Francois as well when you look at the final yeah. numbers. And that's one 
30-game hot streak, basically. So unless you're going full Edmonton, you're not going to be paying too much for that. Right. Well, and, and <clears throat> Columbus will be looking at Francois's numbers and playing player A, player B. Yep. Uh, ben so. Hedman asks, is Annan or Werner the better abs goalie prospect? We will get to that as the rest of this show is going to be just that, us running down some of the abs' top prospects. But first, it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. I've got their new coffee stout that came in their uh, 12-pack of bottles that I got from Davidson's over there. Great deal. Always love it. Uh, the coffee stout is actually really good, but uh, I, I'm a lover of coffee stouts. Always a dark beer fan over here. If, if that's what you're on, then I highly recommend it. If you want something a little bit lighter, you can go with AJ's favorite, the Strawberry Sky. Anything in between. They got you covered with the Hot Peak IPA, a bunch of uh, fruity beers, the Colorado Core with the Apple, their Raspberry Wit for that. You name it, they have it. Lagers, Heffen, Wessons, I don't even know beers. I'm not a beer connoisseur. I just have them and drink them and... Breckenridge Brewery does the job for me. They have their farmhouse down in Littleton, which you can use to pick up Breck Brew and help support the community, help support our sponsors. It really helps us out just as much as it helps them. So everybody wins when you do that. You can call them at 303-803-1380 to pick up from noon to 8 p.m. And you can get $5 off your meal when you use code DNVR. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche prospect pod presented by davidson's beer wine and spirits we're gonna jump in here aj and i have both made a top 20 list of prospects we're gonna run through it at the bottom of it we'll probably run through it a little bit quicker just because look these guys at best are a long way away from the nhl and at worst are not nhl caliber talents it's just the reality of the situation yeah, not going to spend a lot of time on the bottom grouping because there's not a lot to say. Uh, it's it's a whole lot of wait and see. Yep. Um, just to to rattle off some names real quick. Lieberman, Nick Lieberman was my 20. Uh, Igor Shvirev was my 19. Uh, those two, I, Igor's, I mean, realistically, his clock has ticked. Lieberman is still two years at Notre Dame away from even earning an NHL contract. So... Not a ton to say there. Uh, next up, we have Trent Miner and Luca Burzan, two players who played in the WHL this season. Uh, Miner, he's a goaltender. <laughs> I think that that says all they need to say about that. A robber is shouting out to AJ's amazing abs hat. I like it. I like it. Uh, Burzan, kind of a wait-and-see situation after the way the abs played their hand with Sajin somewhat reasonable to expect Burzan to go back for an overage year. And disappointing, but I think that's where we're headed. Yeah. So that is what it is. Uh next up Cam Morrison. Obviously Maybe the hardest guy to put on this list. Yeah. Where the hell do you put him you after could, four years of college? Right. Four years of college. He's been the same guy for like the last three of them. Uh, still hasn't been signed to a contract by the Avs, also worth noting. Um, yeah. May still end up signing. They have till August 15th, but... At this point, I'd be surprised, because if they were going to do it, why wouldn't they? Yeah, why isn't it done kind of thing? Yep. Uh, yeah. And then... Tyler Weiss is another one. I had at 15. Again, 
two more years in college very likely for him before you you see what you have. Do you want to start with 14 and Nick Henry, or should we should we be quick on that one as well? Um, Henry lower on my list this year. Also didn't get the opportunity I was hoping he would. Exactly. Correct. Um, hard to hard to hold it against the prospect when the opportunity doesn't there, but um, it does it does impact his immediate outlook and. I'm bummed. He's he's a mid round guy. I've actually been excited about for a few years, and to see him get same, kind of, kind of put in the Ty Lewis zone. He, he got buried really quickly, bummed. and then instead of having the opportunity to work his way out, he had to deal with an injury, and then just got lost in the shuffle, basically. Yeah, the shuffle of AHL contracts that this organization continues to hand out to random guys. Yeah, in the middle of the year. Right. Two years in a row that they've gone very AHL contract heavy in the middle of the season. And it's been frustrating to watch. To the, Yeah. There's just a question needs to be asked at a certain point of how much do you commit to your AHL team being a development program for you? Yeah. Because right now, outside of very top end picks, it's not really doing its job as well. And even, the even then, like, Henry is a guy that should be getting developed in a specific role. Yep. To play to play a bottom six job role player in the NHL. In in the NHL. And he can't even consistently crack the lineup and it's frustrating because it's a player with skill. Like I get I get burying Josh Anderson. If there's no sense. skill, there's no skill. It is what it is, right? Right. But... You move on. Um but Nick Henry, I don't understand. I, I, they gave him a contract the very first day that they were allowed to. Uh, a couple of years ago, he was really good. They gave him top line minutes in the rookie showcase. Yep. Next two top prospects, and then and he clicked with them AHL. too. <laughs> yeah, and clicked with them and was was one of their best players. Yep. And then gets to uh, gets to the actual AHL, and they're messing around with Eric Condra and Ryan Wagner and. Yeah. It's just like I understand if there are other prospects but outperforming yeah. him, but you guys are giving an ECHL lifer and a thirty four year old. Right. A thirty four year old like former NHLer. Yep. On his life like just playing out his his pro career. Yep. And like if you're gonna do that, okay, but then don't go out and get Magna and Tynan right. on top of it. There's like, only so many spots for guys like that. You're filling up half your forward core every year with these marginalized guys who are just roster for or organizational filler. Yep. I, and it comes at the expense of a guy like Henry. Exactly. And I think we can leave that there. Uh, 13, just to kind of round out this bottom quarter, half, third, whatever. Uh, Zoravlyov, Daniel Zoravlyov. I guess it's Daniel officially now, Zoravlyov. Um, had a very promising first half of the season, broke his leg, and has remained kind of a total wild card in the Av system. I think there's some promising things happening there, but... Worth an ELC. Yeah, worth an ELC, I would say. And I think one more year in Russia, and then yep. we should see him come across if he's interested. Exactly right. Still not clear if he's interested, which it is you what never, it is. You never know. Yeah. We, 
when they when the abs took fear of it was not supposed no to. one expected him yeah, to come over. there was there one of the big knocks on him was nobody thinks he wants to come to north america and he came to north america as a teenager so well Zoraviov isn't getting 30 seconds a game in the khl either though he was getting yeah. decent minutes yeah they certainly pushed igor out that door um but kind of a wild card. There's still some some hype on the potential there than a lot of these guys down the list, like a Morrison or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving into, I think some some newer prospects and some prospects where ELCs are are almost certainly expected for them at some point. I think everybody starting uh, with Zhurabalov, um should get an ELC someday. At least offered to them. Yeah. So, ahead of Zorovov... If they and, haven't already. Like, some of yeah. these guys are on ELC. Right, right. So. I, <laughs> clearly, they've they've earned it already. Uh, but yeah. at 12, I have Alex Bocage. Um, Obviously, has an NHL-ready shot. Just straight mm-hmm. up. It's the... Especially for the abs, it's the skating that holds me back from putting him any higher. Basically 80 goals in two years. Yep. He hit 40 this year in the shortened season. Yeah. So 39 last year. So kid could fire it. I'm, uh, I'm a little, I, I have him a little bit higher. I have him at 10. Okay. Um, really like the shot and it's an NHL skill that would play today in the NHL a long way to go with the rest of his game two-way game uh skating obviously is like skating is like a big question mark lots of development elsewhere though that will be needed but he should be a guy that one more year in the queue ELC and then should get top six minutes yeah and and like but his profile is so similar to Nick Henry's Great shot, skating problems. Yeah. Uh, the shot is absolutely there. One of my concerns, one of my drawbacks for him, why I didn't put him higher, obviously the skating, but his offensive talent level is just too good for the Q. He has yeah. enough puck ability that he holds on to it, and he's just given too much room. So in a vacuum, which is essentially what he's in, that shot is unstoppable, but... What is his decision making like? What does that shot look like when he has a second less to fire it off? What is his offense? What does his game look like when he has to play faster? Exactly. When he has to play up in speed. Yep. Um, but hopefully we get we get another look. You know, rookie showcase, et cetera, et cetera. It'd be great if we got a full slate of preseason action from him. It is not pronounced Bocage, Drew. It is Bocage, Frenchy up yeah. in here. Um. But yeah, it AJ has been higher on him from the jump than I have because of that NHL talent. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to project an NHL skill or yeah. a player to the NHL when he has an NHL skill. Right. And that's really it. Yep. So that has been proven two times over now. For him next year, I think really want to see him round out his game in the queue. Take some steps with skating and and pace a little bit uh number 11 is one of the men boys picked 
before Bocage in that draft in Drew Hellison, who I had hoped would be a little bit higher on my list, but I couldn't put him any higher than 11 as what started as a really strong season and remained one in the sense that he was extremely reliable defensively. The scoring and offensive involvement just completely dried up as the season went on. And he's decent at moving the puck from his own zone, but virtually non-existent on the offensive side of things. Yeah, and I have him a little bit higher because I think he has a pretty clear path to the NHL, uh, even without the offensive skills. I do as well, but I just couldn't. That's still multiple years away. And the ceiling isn't high enough for me to go higher. I think he's a... We need to see more offense for me to think that he could be more than a bottom pairing guy. Yeah, that's fair. But I like his feet. And I think he profiles similarly to what we saw to Duncan Siemens. The big question will be can he process the game faster than Siemens did in pro hockey? Is he Siemens or is he Patrick Nemeth? Right. Because that will be, that'll ultimately be what, what keeps him either that, that that's what gets him into the NHL or keeps him from making that leap is like Bocage. How can he play when the, uh, how, how does he handle the faster speed? Yeah. Because I think that, Physically, he'll be just fine. He's a physical defender. He stayed that way at BC. He was effective in his own zone. I really, I really kind of grew attached to what he did defensively this year. I really liked a lot of it. And he's a different kind of defender than really anybody else in the AV system. Um, because like Lindholm plays kind of a similar game, but Lindholm is quite a bit smaller. And so it takes a physical, it takes more of a physical toll on him to play that way. With Hellison, I think he's built to play that rugged style and that he could consistently do that night in, night out. That if his, he, he needs to develop offensively, but I think he's, I, I really, I am a lot more encouraged today than I was when it took him. So, and so I have him, I have him yeah, at nine. I mean, I think we, we probably are about the same level on him now. Cause I was higher than you when we drafted yeah. him and right, I just really have, I have him. more belief in, uh, in some other players. So you had Bocage at 10 and Hellison at nine. Yeah. So who did you have at 11 and 12? Uh, so 12, I have Sashi Motala. Okay. I'm where well-known Mutala lover over here. So obviously yeah. I had him higher. <laughs> Um, super try hard, best player on that team. Love everything about him. Um, I just don't, I, I don't know that the Jack of all trades master of none is going to project very high into pro hockey. I don't, I don't know how far he can go. I just don't know. And because I don't really have a feel for that upside and ultimately with Bocage, there's a vision on him getting into the NHL with Hellison. I can see him getting into the NHL. And the reason why I have Mutala down here is because that's more of a muddied water for me. I just don't totally know what it looks like if he gets to the NHL. I have a lot more faith in his upside than you, I think. Um, 
I don't know that it's faith. I just don't know that I don't know what it is. It's not like I I love the effort. I love the dedication to the game. I, there's a lot of things there that I really really like. It's just the skill level. I'm not. I see. I think the skill level is there. I think he's he could 100% be a an engine to a. I perfect world middle six realistically probably a third liner. I mean, I would I would love if he had third line upside. I just don't I, know. I think he definitely does, but I'm he's I'm I'm of the seeing is believing with him where I want to see him, and his environment is so strange, so hard to project because bad team by far their best player does all of the heavy lifting for again a bad team i want to see him around some more talent because the one time i saw him live around other talented players was that rookie showcase last year and he was awful he was and like he did struggle that's not and that's that's like his first time there he's going to, basically everybody there is older than him yeah like that's I'm not I'm I'm not like holding it that that against him. That's not playing at all into my ranking of him. But it does make me it it that's my question with him. What happens when he plays around other talented players? Does he still stand out or not? Because we just haven't really seen it. So I would I would love if he got a different situation. Yeah, please trade that guy next season yeah. at Tri Cities. Like I would love if we got to see him in a different situation where he was more competitive and got to play with some different guys because we know what he looks like in the environment where he has to be a one man show and that's fine. That's, it's all good and well, but uh, I don't, I don't know how much of this is preparing him for a transition into pro hockey where he's going to have to be, he's going to have to have a role because he won't be one man show in the NHL. Yeah. I agree. And that's just where I'm, that's, that's why I have him at 12. Um, and really, my my rankings, I feel like they start realistically at thirteen with Zhravalov. Sure, as like guys that I feel strongly are ELC guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. You look at what Mutala has done in this situation and just say, okay, he's earned his ELC. What's next? Uh, yeah, I think so for sure. So, what was your eleven? Well, uh, my my eleven is Werner. Okay, my ten. So we're. We're good to go I, there. I am encouraged by his first year. I I think the people that put him ahead of Ananin either don't watch them play. Yeah. Or just have like that special warm feeling that they got because they watched him in Winnipeg that one night. Rip off a forty save shutdown. <laughs> right. Out of nowhere. Yep. And it was it was a great story, but you know, so was Andrew Hammond in game five until game six happened. So, you know, that's kind of where it's like you saw the best of Warner one night and then you saw the other one where you're like, well, this guy is very clearly not ready for this. Yep. Uh, and I mean, that was kind of Werner's season. Even in the AHL, he would have yeah. spectacular games and just disaster games. Yeah, there were I mean, he would get just lit up. And that was that's why I have him as low as I do is because there were there were still way too many games where the guy was just a sieve. And it needs to, he needs to the consistency needs to even out. And I will give up a little bit of the high end in order to get in order to raise the low end. Yeah, and higher floor, please. Both of us project him as realistically probably a backup at best in the NHL. At best, yeah. So the high end isn't really there. 
has yeah. taken on every challenge right. over the last four years since being drafted. Been extremely solid, but just not the high end of an Ananin or someone like that. So I think this year will probably give us a much better idea of what his real outlook is. Yeah. How he handles the second year of the AHL. Because he has adjusted to every level the way that he has. Uh, if there's a second year in the AHL and it's a little bit more of the same, then... That consistency doesn't start to show up and you say, well... Yeah. yeah. That's that's how you get a shot in the NHL is the consistency shows up and they say, okay, you're ready for you're ready for the next challenge. He's got to prove that he's ready for that challenge because right now I don't think he is. Yep. I think that's, that's a perfect place for that. Uh, last one for this period two i had him at nine i assume you have him at eight in sampo ranta yep um and obviously still everything to love when it comes to the player's size and abilities still about putting it all together for him but he took a lot of solid positive steps across the course of this season that have put him into the conversation of all right it looks like this is a player who should be able to put it all together next year Yeah, Ranta, um, I still think is getting... I, I feel he's just a touch overhyped, generally. I mean, yeah. I I won't disagree with that, with the Rambo Santa madness and all of that, but... I mean, like, he's got a great nickname and he's easy to root for, but I mean, I, I don't I don't mean by the fan base, I mean by, uh, by, by prospect people, by people around the league. You know, I still think that he gets a little bit... People love his skill level. He's absolutely we, one of those players where people fall in love with the highlight reel. We 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 still two years into his uh, college career, we still haven't seen production match his skill. Yep. And you start at, at what point do you just be like, well, this is just never going to happen? Yeah. You know, we've got a junior year, and junior year for guys like this is crucial. Yep. If they don't break out, then win. And the answer is yeah. never, basically, for most well, guys. Well, we see the guys who have broken out in their junior years uh, and gone on to, uh, you know, big, like solid NHL careers. You know, you look at you look at certain guys who were even even more hyped uh, than than Ranta. You know, you look at uh, a guy like Kevin Hayes. Yep, like was an okay college player, and then for him, it was his senior year. But, yeah. like, that was a first-round pick. Like, sometimes it takes these guys a while to put it all together. I want to see him put it together. I want to see it all come together for him. Because right now, it's still just a lot of tools uh, looking for a toolbox. It, right. I I agree with you. The toolbox isn't fully there yet. But the progression of him in college so far was... First year, toolbox wasn't even on the map. It was just a bunch of tools. Second year... All right, you found the toolbox. Now you got to put the tools in it. Yeah, um, certainly a lot more consistent. Uh, did not have to get the midseason scratch. Yeah, and was a fourth line guy at the uh, for Finland at the at the World Juniors this year. Yep, on a very talented team. I'm I'm encouraged. I I feel like he took steps forward. I feel like the the needle is trending up, but I want to see. The big I want to see the big, yeah. yeah. I want to see the big breakout. I want to see um eighteen goals next year. I want to see, you know, thirty five points. I want to see a noticeable jump here, not another inch forward. I want to see him. I want to see a real breakout. I want to see a. I I give me that ELC. 
I'm coming for that ELC. You're going to give it to me. That's what I want to see. Junior year is so important for the for the college guys um, that you think are really like like there's like the Levermans and the Morrisons and the the Clermans, right? Where it's just like slow burn, yeah. slow burn. Maybe someday, right? I want to see this. This is a prospect that should be building to something. Apparently, yep. immediately forward. Um, but speaking of college guys, MSU Denver Online has, puts a dynamic education at your fingertips. Uh, if you're thinking about going back or just going to college for the first time, it can be a great way to get yourself diving into that as as AJ breaks whatever he's doing. He needs to go to college. Check out MSU Denver. I bet they got a class for whatever you just broke to fix it. So msudenver.edu online is the place to check them out. You can see over 40 different hybrid programs that include classes online and on their campus downtown, as well as 750 different online classes for you to take. You can do an entire degree online or fit it to whatever your schedule may need. They're extremely flexible. I actually went there myself, so I can confirm that. They have a ton of different options. Over 80% of their graduates also stay right here in Denver, so you can continue to be part of this community. Again, msudenver.edu slash online to give it a look. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I am Rudo, he is AJ, and this is where the conversation gets interesting about prospects. We get into the top seven, and this top seven is strong, and it is deep. There are a lot of interesting guys, a lot of guys that you very realistically project NHL talents on. These are all guys who I expect to play in the NHL, at least one game. Yep. Not just ELC and Hope. This is a... We want to see, we want to see this guy in the show someday in Pepsi Center, and that starts, I believe, with both of us at seven with Kovalenko. It yes, okay. Correct. We both have him at seven. Uh, I mean, I think the talent is there. Another player who took some nice steps this year, he playing in the KHL as a professional hockey player. Uh, the offense started to pick up for him. Uh, his play style is one that extremely easy to see him jumping into the bottom six of an NHL team, especially if he finds a little bit more of that scoring touch. Yeah, this is the reason that he's a seven is because the off the, the upside isn't really there. This is a depth yeah. player. He's very a try hard, very clear what he is and his play style fits just fine to that. So it works out. Yep. He's, he's perfectly engineered to be the guy we think he will be. So there you go. Yeah. And one more year, I think, on his contract in the KHL. I think it's one more year, and then he should be good to come over. Correct. If, again, if he wants to. He has a pretty cushy situation in Russia, so if he doesn't want to, then, you know. I I assume if there's an NHL job available, he will want to. That's where I think it's going to get tricky. Right. It's hard to. It's going to be hard to convince a guy to leave a a very cushy Russia situation to come play for the Eagles. Exactly. And it, so if he comes over, the abs are probably going to have to make a real commitment to him. Like a meaningful NHL commitment. Like, Hey, we're going to, 
we won't promise you a job, wink, 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 but we're going to but essentially promise you a job? Yeah, I, I think that's the reality of the situation, which you could get into some curiosity there, depending on how much room the Habs have with some other guys higher on this list filling roles. But for now, I think the expectation that an NHL caliber player is in there, and it's just a matter of if and when he comes over. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Next up on this Good, list. Hardworking, penalty killing type guy. Oh, absolutely. He goes full bore, always in the dirty areas. He's a Russian Matt Calvert in a lot of ways. Yeah, I was going to say he's he's not what you think of as your typical uh, KHL Russian. Russian player that doesn't play physical yeah. at all. And yeah, right. He's the opposite of that, basically. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so at number six is the other goaltender, the Annan Werner conversation here. Annan yeah. significantly higher on my board. Uh, the ceiling, I he has an NHL starter ceiling. Will he attain that? You know, we're still on a hundred percent goal. Sure, it's it's goalies. They're voodoo. Played in a fantastic situation on the best team in the league of this year and crushed it as as did as well as anyone could have ever hoped for a goalie in a situation like he was where he ultimately essentially ended up as the tandem guy on that team. Yeah. Um set the record early in the year, really would have been higher on my list with a stronger second half and a playoff run that got, you know, that he never yeah. got. And he did deal with some injuries in that second half as well. So. Yeah. So did not have quite the same second half as the first half uh, was good in WJC's. Yeah. Held Solid, a Finland like, team that had no offense, basically in games. Yeah. Um, again, we are talking about, as a prospect, took a meaningful, noticeable, major step forward in his development this year. Encouraged by that and like the upside, um, but did not put it together for an entire season. You know, like we're we're still talking about 20 some odd games he only played in the Liga. So he needs to see more than that. I want to see a little bit more than that. I want to see him take that job by the you know, by, by like full time, take that job right. and run with it. He's the starter by the end of next season kind of thing. Yeah. And then come over one more year in Finland. I'm happy with, I'm not like there's reason to be excited, but I think that because he got that record at the very beginning of the year, uh, he got a little bit. The hype train got hype. rolling. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. Cause like people, people who don't watch prospects got a hold of it. And pretty much the only time that people who don't watch prospects get a hold of prospect information is if they're doing really, really well or really, really poorly. Yep. And, and I'm that, encouraged yeah. a lot by what Annan did this year, but again, goalie and sample size. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and the second half just wasn't really there for him. So let's, let's see how it goes. Um, certainly had a much better year than he did last year where it was like, oh man, what, what happened here? Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So number five on this list is now where gets AJ and I start to differ. Uh, I have um, Connor Timmons at number five. Yeah. We differ on everyone from the one from here on out. 
all the way all to the five. top? All five of them, yeah. All right. I like that. So, Connor Timmons at number five for me. Um, I, look, I believe in the player. I believe he can be a top four defender in the NHL. He's not there yet, one. Two, his path to becoming that guy on the abs is a lot longer than it needs to be just based on what's ahead of him. And I think that's going to slow him down, and it's why I knocked him below some of these other forwards. Um, I did not hold that against him. When it came to these guys, um, they're all within striking distance of the NHL, all five of these guys. Yep, for sure. Are either in the AHL or were first round picks last year. (laughs) Yeah. So um, these guys are all within and and like proximity to the NHL path to the NHL that that kind of plays a role in these rankings as well. It's one reason why I have Hellison a little bit higher than you is because I think there's a clear path for him to get there with Timmons. um, I have Timmons at three because I do think he's a top four D and I do think that ultimately he ends up playing a bigger role on an NHL team, whether or not that's Colorado, we'll see. But I think he ends up playing a bigger role in the NHL than either the guys that I have at four or five. And it look, I would not be surprised if that were true. I wonder, though, if that's on the avalanche. I, do, I also wonder that, but that's not, I'm not holding that uncertainty against him in a prospect ranking. See, I think he has I think he ends up a more important NHL player than either uh Cout or Bowers. Okay. So we did these prospects rankings a little bit different. I did weigh in the fact that what are these guys going to be to the Avalanche? And okay. as we move on to number four, who I have Shane Bowers at four. I have him at five. Okay. So we just had those four sort of flopped Timmons ahead of your next one as well. But uh, you're looking at a Shane Bowers. And for me, you talk about that path to the NHL and the path to being an everyday regular. I see that a lot easier for Bowers than I do for Timmons next year. As it stands, the Avs already need to move one D out to get the other guy on defense higher on this list in. With a Bowers, if they wanted to, I'm not saying they will. In fact, I don't think they will. They could put him in the starting lineup on opening night next season. And it's a lot easier to move out a Pierre-Edouard Belmar or move him to the left wing, something like that, to get Bowers in than I think it is to, as we've discussed before, make Ian Cole a seventh defenseman. So I get, I mean, I get that. Um, I just think, <clears throat> I think Bowers, the moving him to the wing off of center hurts a lot of his prospect value for me. Um, I love that he had the long scoring streak and then he put a bunch of it together. Offense is his biggest question mark, but if he's also going to get moved off of center and he's going to play wing, then he's lower than Cout for me. I mean, I had him lower than Cout as well. Oh, yeah. Then that's why I have him at five. Is because, because I think just I the think belief Timmons, in Timmons mostly there, yeah. It's well and I think Timmons I think Timmons has the smarts to be a top four defender. Uh nineteen minutes a night, PK guy. 
if you absolutely had to, could be like your third power play guy. The guy that you elevate to the second unit when one of your top two guys gets hurt. Like, But I think primarily it's as a, as a PK guy, I'll block shots for you. Um, a very high IQ player. Not overly physical, but does everything really well. And I like, I just, I think his profile is as a top four defender is more important than as a, as a bottom six forward. And I think that's where both Cout and Bowers are for me. And Bowers, the reason I have him below Cout is just because if he gets moved off of, off of center and to the wing, then he loses the positional value advantage that he had over Cout. And I think Cout is more natural there because he's been playing right wing for his entire life. Yeah. Again, I have Cout higher than Bowers as well. I do think that you can project Cout and Bowers as more of solidly third line, I would say, than truly bottom six. Um, But again, it, it just comes back to, to Timmons's value and... In the NHL, maybe it is more. In the Avs, I'm a little bit more skeptical of it. So, I, the conversation is what it is. I, I think, in some ways, Bowers moving to wing could be a little bit underrated by you, just because it, if it adds less, oh, now he only plays wing, and more of a, oh, he's versatile and can do both, that adds another layer for him. Yeah, and I would say. Uh, the way that Cal finished the year, son of a, the way that Cal finished the year is putting, it, it's elevating. It's elevated him over Bowers for me. The, the nine games where it was like, this guy is a clear cut NHL player. Yeah. Whereas I had them probably dead even before that, uh, before, before the call up at the end of the season. And now that we got to see Cal, the recency bias, the NHL track record that put pushed him a little bit ahead for me. Same, and it's and it's really just that Timmons was their best defender this year, and that he still has work to do defensively. And I think that's why I've got him projected in the AHL next year again. But I also think that the organization is a huge fan of him, and that we, we will see him in an Avs uniform eventually. Yeah, and I think that we will be rewarded with the patience once it happens, and just. The reason why I lean toward Cout over Timmons is those nine games, and uh, far from a lock, but it's not hard to project Cout as a regular in the Avs lineup next season, Definitely. and and permanent by the end of the year. Agreed. I just I'm I'm not buying that he gets above where JT Comper is, and maybe he doesn't, but. I still think in the immediate, certainly it, it lends more value and. Ultimately, our disagreement on on where Timmons ceilings out, whether it be with the Avs or in the NHL, is, is the difference maker on why I had Cout at three instead of four, and you have Timmons at three. Yeah, and to answer the question from chat about uh, injury history, I'm really not that concerned about it. Had there been any kind of uh, head injury for Timmons this year, I would have been more concerned about it, but because it wasn't head related it's fine i didn't i didn't have an issue with it all of Cout, timmons and bowers battled injury problems at some point this season so yep. to me there's no distinguishing factor in that in with that in this list i mean honestly no one in the avs system really had any serious injuries this year yeah Cout 
battled some stuff. Yeah, Timmons battled some lower body stuff, but yeah, it wasn't like, oh, this is something that we need to be concerned about long term. Right. Would you like to get a clean bill of health from those guys next year? Yes, of course. Yep. Okay, so that leaves two that's, prospects that's left. We got to our top two. Yeah. Two first-round picks from the 2019 draft. It's that easy. You said you had them yeah. all different from here. Yep, and that means that I have Byram at two. Correct. Yep. I think Byram is the better prospect today. Yeah, it would be um, really hard to disagree with that, I would think. I don't know how you could. Yeah. Just given respective histories in their leagues and whatnot. But I think um, with Byram, and this has kind of always been something I've I've sort of worried about with Byram, is I don't necessarily know what the NHL upside looks like. And I'm just, I'm just not sure because yeah. I don't, I've, I've never, I've never looked at Byram and thought this is a 50 point defenseman. Yeah. It, and we've talked about this last year uh, before where it was like, Byram doesn't have to be a 50 point defenseman on the abs. If he's a 35 right. point guy who's rock solid defensively with the D they already have around him, that's exactly what they want. And that's fine. And I see where you're coming from. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't put New Hook Hook above him off of one NCAA year. Yes. It was that special of a year. It it absolutely was. He deserves all the praise he gets. And it took him from a prospect that was, you know, hopefully we have something in the top six here too. Oh my God. This guy could be a 60 to 70 point player in the NHL very soon but a little more apprehensive about that the ceiling might be higher on new hook and that's where our difference is is because i am buying i'm buying new hook ceiling stock yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm buying the fact that a year on draft day when you and i were both out of our minds excited for the draft that they had yeah (laughs) I looked at Alex Newhook and said he's going to be a 50-point player in the NHL. Yep. And a year later, I'm looking at Alex Newhook and I'm saying he's going to be a 70-point player in the NHL. And that's where I'm buying the upside. He bought the hype train. He's in on I it. Am. I am. I bought. I'm buying Alex Newhook hype. All right. So I'm, I'm buying hard on Alex Newhook hype. Hard to the argue. Only thing that gives me a little bit of apprehension is that Byram has absolutely dominated and carried his team. Yep. And Newhook has talent around him. Had a ton of talent on that BC team around him. Yep. So, I mean, for goodness sakes, there's another top 15 pick on his line. <laughs> Not to mention that guy in goal, but. Well, and like just that team. Yeah, they were, they were stacked. Something like six draftees. Uh, from last year's draft alone on that on that on that uh on that team. And that line will probably get Mike Hardman drafted this year. Uh yeah, I don't think either AJ or I agree with the idea that Byram will be in the WHL next year. 
barring the and, only yeah the it, only thing that I say is that if it's an abbreviated season, I'm fine with him going back to the dub. Otherwise, there's the only reasons are bad reasons. So just have to wait and see on that one. Um, I love Newhook. Uh, I think he's there is a significant significant gap between one and two and three for me. Um, we're talking about two potential all stars versus like solid. solid second pairing third liner type guys exactly yeah. like guys you win cups with but are not your like guys you win cups with but you don't have jersey retirement conversations about right and new hook and byram have that kind of an upside yep where and obviously that's insanely premature zero nhl games played but like you could see if these guys live up to their potential, they could be all-stars. They could be franchise icons. They could be stalwarts. Own it, AJ. And I'm going to dig up this podcast in 10 years when Byron busts and call you out. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I love Stefan Elliott once upon a time, too. Oh, yeah. I think we both really like Siemens. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, a fan of Duncan. Um Mm-mm. You know, it's funny. The guy, the other guy that I wanted the abs to draft in that in that class was Vlad Nemestikov. <laughs> well, so we got to experience what twelve games of that, nine games of that. And I, I'm looking forward to another day, maybe tomorrow, when uh, we can talk about whether or not to resign him. Yeah, definitely a conversation we'll be having soon. So that's gonna wrap up this show as we've gone a little bit long here uh to all the live viewers thank you for listening and our dnvr watches of abs wings game four is coming up very shortly here so just keep it locked to the channel to everyone else listening after the fact thank you as always we'll be back tomorrow wednesday will be game five of the abs Wings series as well so see you there Denver Rubber Company is one of the most reliable partners for your long-term projects, and they have been since 1972. They provide the highest quality of rubber products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. As we move into the springtime, spring cleaning and spring projects come up. They can cover you no matter what. You can purchase products for yourself for any little honeydew jobs you might have, or buy bulk at a fantastic rate for bigger projects or things going on and as always there's snow plow blades never know snow can always be on the horizon colorado and you can always store them in your garage and save them for next winter as well you can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or at drcfirst.com slash dnvr dnvr avalanche with hayfully